Hello, and thanks for joining Your Body Advocate Podcast. I am Ruth Cummings, your host, and today I'm interviewing my friend Lexi Sulios, who's a therapist and a growth strategist, and we talk about three of her five orders of systems for families. Today we talk about the order of belonging, precedence, and reciprocity. It's a really fun conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Let's take a deep breath to relax. Ready? All right, here we go. You're listening to Your Body Advocate, telling your body's side of the story. The podcast dedicated to supporting and improving your body-mind connection so you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life, dissolving one body tension at a time. Discover the healing properties of your own body language and together let's explore ways to support and improve essential self-talk. Now, here's your host, Master of Encouragement and Body-Mind Life Coach, Ruth Cummings. Lexi Sulius is a therapist and growth strategist who helps leaders clear old patterns so they can reach their next level business, relationship, and life goals. Over the past 20 years, she has supported thousands of clients and students across five continents, including New York Times best-selling authors, C-suite executives, celebrity families, leading business coaches, and renowned healers. Her work has been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, Thrive Global, and Ohm Times. Lexi lives in the mountains of North Carolina with her husband, stepson, and pack of oddball rescue dogs. <laughs> Welcome, Lexi. How are you today? I'm great, Ruth. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited about this conversation. I know. I love what you do, and I know that you can help and bring so much to our listening audience. So, yeah, where would you like to start? We have so much to talk about and so much to start with. So you get to choose. What would you like to talk about today? Well, something that I think could be a really interesting conversation for us to have specifically because of the kind of work that you do as well has to do with structure and flow. So one of the modalities that I use to help my clients is something called family and systemic constellation therapy. And that's a lot of big words to say that we are working with the deeper levels of systems and particularly family systems. And what we see is that on those deeper levels, so like on the unconscious level of the family system, we see certain phenomena that are present in every single family over and over and over again. And those phenomena indicate certain natural laws that enable love to flow. So there, there are three particular kind of natural laws or orders that we see in the unconscious of family systems that when those are in place and being honored and respected properly, we see that love flows in a family system. Everyone has what they need to thrive. Everyone has a place of belonging. Um, everyone feels loved and supported in a family. So I'm excited to see how, you know, some of what we see in the family system to do with structure and flow might be similar to the work that you do somatically with your clients and with the structure of the body enabling um, health and vitality to flow. No, that's they go to, they go together so well. It's interesting you say systems because, like we were talking about earlier, there's in my opinion there's ways there's systems that we aren't really taught, and we have to learn. But we learn from our parents, and often they weren't taught either. So there's these these um, bad ways. I don't want to say bad, but I can't think of another word um, that we go through life. And one of them is walking. Um, mm how we uh how our body walks and runs um and just our structure it's not quite we've never been taught and so it's not like it's wrong it's not our fault but there's this interesting way that we can learn how to do it wrong and then we do that way for the rest of our lives and so as a massage therapist through the years i have learned that the system of walking very simple system of walking um could could have changed people's um, pain and suffering um, if they had learned that um, earlier. So that's just one system. But let's look at system of communication. 
um, system of finances. You know, kids aren't really taught how to, I'm, I'm working with, you know, 25 year olds who have never written a check, for example, or they don't know how to keep, uh, how to keep a balance of their, of their finances and just simple things that we're not taught in our society. And I think that, you know, having simple systems um, is huge, simple systems, but they're huge for all of us. And uh, yeah, so what type of systems do you recommend? And um, yeah, how would you, how would you, how would you suggest and what systems would you suggest? Well, when I use the word systems, what I'm talking about is a group of individuals. And what we see with families as that, well, is that there is an intelligent field of energy that is containing the entire family system. And we can see that field of energy at work, Ruth, when we're looking at schools of fish or flocks of birds, and they all change direction at the same time, and no one's hitting into each other. And they've done studies to show that those movements of direction change happen so fast, they're there couldn't possibly be a communication um, happening in time to tell everyone in that flock or in that school of fish where to go. So they, they've they shown that there's some kind of an intelligent force at work moving them all as one organism. And we see the same kind of thing happening in groups of people. And it's particularly strong in family systems, in groups of um people in the same family. And it, and that system includes ancestors. So it can include people, whether we were alive when they were, you know, whether we knew them or not. But we're incredibly impacted by the other members of our family system. You know, I, I love that we're going this direction because I talk about the the fish moving at the same time and how you can't tell like uh, this one over here and 100 yards away, this one moves at the same time. And it's so amazing. That is, Lexi, how the body works as well, because you can see um, I was giving a demonstration uh, just on uh, Thursday in a massage class and um, uh, some trauma had happened in the class. And the class was actually canceled. So we were working on um, just individually just trying to give them some support and we were working with one of the uh, students and he was um, saying negative things about himself. And I was showing the students how there was a, a knot in his shoulder. And as soon as, as soon as the second that he said some positive things about himself, that muscle relaxed. Wow. And it's the same thing like that. Not only will that muscle relax, but other muscles relax. Unfortunately, the next statement he said was negative again, and it came back. So there's a the system definitely works. Just it's such a flow of energy, and it's it's just amazing. And I don't think we understand that very very well, but we're getting there. But the the good thing to notice and how people out there can change their lives immediately right now is by having positive thoughts about themselves, and then that can flow throughout their entire body. Definitely. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love how, you know, what you just share really illustrates the intelligence in these organic systems, right? It's like he had a positive thought and the tension was able to go. And when the negativity returned, the intelligence of the body just came online immediately and reflected that thought for him. It's interesting because I I can see now as we're talking about like you're talking about family systems and I'm talking about just one body, but that goes it, it definitely is felt energetically throughout a a, a family for in a, in this example, but let's say that you um, one so the body so he has a good thought and the body relaxes for that ten second period, and then when he has a negative thought the whole the, the protective armor comes back. And I see that, and I, I would love your take on this, that there there are people who, um, uh, in a family setting, who protect the family. And I think there's also different parts of our own body that protects the family, or like our family as a body and our family as a whole. And so in that, in that time, you are 
when you're protective like that, you're not as your your immune system comes down, your ability to communicate love goes down, your ability to receive love goes down, and so there's the system of just uh, um, staying as protected as possible, but it's not um, it's not as free and flowing as we want it to be because we could we could access such power and such compassion for each other um, that's so easy to uh, communicate and share if our defenses are down. But all of us are in this defensive mode because of our society and things that we've gone through as children and what our ancestors have gone through, what we learn through our generations. And then, so um, I think both of us, we're on a mission to really support us to be somatically calm but energetically strong. And if you can, if you can find the middle ground of allowing your body to relax, but still be um, as strong as possible without going like this. And I think our society has not, has lost the, the ability to calm down, but be energetically protected. What, what say you about that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, and I'm working on such deep levels with people like the unconscious of the family system. And then I also do a form of therapy that involves the unconscious of a, a person like it's called Hakomi therapy and um, involves really dealing with the unconscious from what we have lived through in our own lives. And what we what I see is that when we're working on levels that deep, um, typically the protection is there for a reason, you know, and it is, it's creating, it's there because of love for the organism, love for the system, trying to keep things safe. And because there was a danger at one point and the part of us that is in hyperprotective mode is having trouble letting go because it doesn't know, oh, things are safe and we can let that armor go right now. And when we actually give, um, we actually give attention for a few moments anyway to, and we give support to that protective mechanism. So like you made a motion with your body where you tensed up your shoulders and everything. Yeah. So what we would do in Hakomi is we would actually have an assistant come and hold the person tight to take over that, that um, bracing. And then you'll watch the person just totally relax. It's like that, that armoring, that protective mechanism is happening. So they don't have to hold it and then they can like relax and now they can have memories and um, new awarenesses come to them. Oh, I love that. Yes. That's what yeah. I do in my sessions too, is to hold people in, in the position where their, their body feels safe and, but have them do that without the body being tense. And that's so, that's so cool that we're doing that at the same time with people. And, you know, if um, I lost my thought, I thought I was going to, so tell me more about Hikomi. Hikomi. Um yeah, so it's a really gentle body-centered psychotherapy is how it was described initially, but now it's really described as assisted self-study. So it's really supporting someone to study themselves from a place of loving curiosity. And we use experiments and mindfulness. So, for example, with that um, situation of someone like holding somebody's body up nice and tight the person who's bracing themselves and, and we take over that bracing movement. If the person studies themselves while that's happening, then they're able to see like, Oh God, I feel relief or, Oh God, I feel, or I have a memory come up of when I was young and my dad was in the kitchen yelling, banging pots and pans, whatever, you know? Um, so really that, that level of studying ourselves unearths so much information that oftentimes is just kind of gone underground and has become part of our operating system. 
um, but is really hard to access through conscious means. So when you get into that state where you're doing the self-study and you have support for whatever's happening in your body, so much information comes and you can really go to some deep healing places. Yeah, and I, I love that. That's definitely r- resonating over here. And, you know, for me, I believe when we're doing that, when we're doing that for people and for ourselves, uh, doing that self-study, as you call it, I love that that word. I believe that there's a there's a um, a search for safety, and when we can find that safety and match match safety with body relaxation, then I think whole new levels of uh, living can can blossom. How how do you how do you feel about that? Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, I remember my first teacher uh, telling me, my first Hakomi teacher telling me that no healing could happen, like no therapy, nothing therapeutic, nothing helpful would happen without safety. Safety in the session is the number one thing that has to be established. And if safety is not there, nothing like helpful for the client is going to come out of it. So, yeah, I really feel like that is key. And so much um vitality is able to flow when there's safety you know like it's we've heard so many times about women who weren't able to get pregnant right when they were like working and they took some time off from work and then they are able to conceive you know I think it's like the body's like okay this can flow now like it's safe to have you know safe to have children and all of that oh that's a huge one where um yeah I've actually worked with several um, women and couples who can't get pregnant and sometimes there is some safety within themselves not even like a work a work environment but maybe one of the partners um, hasn't looked at some anger from their past and they're quick to anger in in small situations and it scares Mm -hmm. the other partner or it scares them Mm -hmm. and when they actually look at that and for me, when they find it in their body, they look at it, they find it in their body, and they, they calm it, then um, pregnancy or conception is, is uh, much more uh, uh, possible. Mm. Yeah, I think that safety, the lack of safety, causes so many issues just, just in our society, within, but in, within the family structure, if, a, if one person doesn't feel safe to speak if their parent is um, overbearing, like looking at all their texts, um, uh, wanting to know everybody and everything that they're doing, um, I think that it can, you know, that creates uh, this boundary of lack of safety between the parent and the, the child. And I work with a lot of teens who, once they have that safety and the parent realizes they can back off, that their kid is safe, even if they don't hover, mm-hmm. uh, you know, huge, huge um uh, changes can be made and, you know, um, more, uh, deeper relationships can be found. And I, I find the same thing with, uh, teams in leadership in, uh, in company leadership that a lot of the, uh, lack of communication, lack of, uh, lack of trust and the lack of, uh, being able to come together as a partnership or as, you know, creating these uh, alliances within a high-level leadership happens because of these misunderstandings. And then when they actually look at it, that they can change the whole dynamic of an entire company by one or two or three leaders actually, actually, actually trusting each other. Mm-hmm. And those are so cool to to watch that evolve, and it can evolve so quickly like you know like once you tap that one the one reason maybe that they're not communicating and both sides recognize their responsibility and that lack of trust for each other and why it happened and how they can start from right now then forgiveness happens very quickly and all of a sudden it's a um you know some amazing um changes can happen within a company and that's like the energy that happens just all of a sudden there's trust all of a sudden mm-hmm. there's it's like wow how did that happen and it truly is if you if the leaders of a family the leaders of a corporation 
show trust in themselves and in one other person. Same with the, one of my favorite trust conversations is one of my football players I worked with who was having a hard time getting his team to just work together. And he started touching everyone on the shoulder and saying, hey, I trust you, man. And it's the cutest story because uh, they would, I said, they're going to look at you weird. And they did. They were like, all right. But within two weeks, they were all touching each other on the pads and saying, I trust you, man. I trust you, man. I trust you, too. And it was so amazing uh, what it created. And within just a, it was a, like the last couple of games of the season. But they did really, really well. And besides doing well, besides winning, they loved each other. And I think that those players now are lifetime friends. It was just interesting how that just the, the, the spreading of trust um, is like that energy and just goes whoop. And it's so amazing. So yeah, like changed the culture so quickly. Yeah. That's beautiful. So. So I found it really interesting that you mentioned leaders and families and, you know, and you're drawing some parallels between organizations and family systems. And I, at the beginning of this conversation, I talked about some um, like kind of hidden or underlying some deeper phenomena that we see in systems that when those are in place, it enables love to flow through the system, and I'm wondering if I could share a couple, if I could share a couple of those. Hey, Lexi. Yeah. Sure. I missed um, I missed the last thirty seconds. So we talked. You said then it your it cut out. So we the last thing I heard you say is like I like the parallel that you brought between family systems and uh, leadership systems. Okay. And, and then it cut out. Okay. So I'll start again. So I love the parallel that you're making, the connection you're making, Ruth, with family systems and organizations, because at the beginning of this conversation, I mentioned that there are some deeper phenomena that we see in family systems and how when those are present, it enables love to flow for everyone. And I'm wondering if I could share three of those, because I feel like they'd be interesting uh, you know, for this conversation and for your community. Yes, so the first uh, natural law or phenomena that we see in family systems, and these are all true that they need to be honored in organizations as well. And that's why I'm so excited that you brought organizations into this conversation. So the first phenomena that we see or kind of natural law or order is called the order of belonging. And it's everyone who has ever been part of a system has the right to belong to that system. You can never act as though someone never existed. There needs to be an acknowledgement that they were part of the system. And so in families, how we can see this get out of whack is let's say it's a very religious family and one of the grown children is um, is a homosexual and is banished from the family and they want to act like that person doesn't exist anymore. You can't do that. That person has a right to belong to the system. And if someone is like excommunicated from the family or tried to be erased from the family, it will cause problems with later generations where someone will carry the burden of that homosexual ancestor or of whoever was erased, forgotten, ignored, cut out. Um, later generations will carry burdens for them and they may actually feel like they don't belong. They'll just have a sense that they don't belong to life. They don't belong to the family system. And it's because the family, that intelligent energy field is maintaining this memory of who was a part of this system and how the family system needs to write this problem that someone was like cut out of the family. This is fascinating, Lexi, because the word belonging in what I do Mm. is they don't if someone doesn't feel like they belong or any belonging that's actually a word in my in my my stuff that I use mm. their low back could hurt 
their sacrum could have issues. They might have painful periods. They might have um, um, hard time digesting things because they don't want to actually digest this issue or they don't want to assimilate it into their body. So there'll be problems right in that area of um, the low back, right where the belt is. Anything in there, there's so many, you know, there's a large intestine, there's the liver, so there's possibly some anger issues, there's the kidneys, which hold fear, the worry is in the front of the stomach. So like, it's a huge area, and then it goes down into our sexual organs and into the bottom of the, um, like, sciatic pain. Not belonging is like, you know, yeah, huge. Those Those go yeah. hand in hand, and... I love what you're telling us. What's mm -hmm. number two? Number two is the order of precedence. So there needs to be an acknowledgement of who came into the system first. So, for example, if you have uh, a parent, two parents and children, the parents get a divorce, say, and then one of the parent remarries. Well, the new spouse and the parent who remarried can't act as though the previous spouse never existed. There needs to be an acknowledgement that she or he came first, that they were the first love or the first spouse and the parent of the children. You can't just act like, you know, the people that come into the system later um, are were there first. And so it's similar in companies where you'll have people come in and they can be very judgmental of the previous leadership and not honor, okay, maybe I do things differently than the previous leadership, but this leadership was here first, and so I need to honor that they were here before me. And it can, it can be really simple. It's just an acknowledgement of precedence. It's the same with parents um, coming into a system before the children. And so what creates good health in a family system is when the parents tend to their relationship dynamic before their relationship dynamic with the children. You know, you'll hear about parents, like moms especially, just suddenly kind of connecting with their children and forgetting about their husband. And, you know, for a little while right after the child's born, those kinds of things are, you know, hormonally kind of wired in and it's understandable. But if that goes on too long, the relationship's going to, the husband and wife, the parents are going to start um, really struggling because they're not attending to their dynamic first. So there needs to be an acknowledgement of who came into the system first and uh, tending to those relationships. Wow, that's. That's so important. Um, I think we know that's important, but I'm I'm loving hearing this in this order of natural law. Mm -hmm. So that would be for me. That would be in communications to so their neck, and then I would say that would be the power area, which is right under the rib cage. Hmm. And so and it fits oh, in the same area. So like that could cause issues there in their body. Someone is too powerful. They usually have pain in the middle of their back. And they're also not communicating. So they mm. could be either have neck pain. And that neck pain causes like headache, jaw pain, um, sinus headaches, uh, migraines, um, all kinds of issues that the neck can cause when they're not communicating. And uh, so it's, this is fascinating. Lexi, I love how this goes together. And um, the natural law, we don't, we don't pay attention to the natural law sometimes. We like it to go away. Like it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't apply to our family. And that's an interesting. Um, uh, yeah, and our, and our society doesn't really um, support us with that at all. You know, we've we're such a me um, melting pot, especially in the United States. We're such a melting pot, uh, a melting pot. And we don't have a lot of customs to honor our elders, to really maintain good health in our in our systems, in our structures. So. It's interesting. So some more, um, what are some traditions that you would recommend that could help honor our elders? Well, there are certain rituals that will suggest in family and systemic constellation therapy. Um, one of them is bow to your parents and to your elders. So, you know, in the Bible, it's honor their mother and father. And 
there's a lot of wisdom and health in that. And so honoring your mother and father, how we see it, is not about saying, hey, you're narcissistic and toxic and abusive. Let me um, get real close to you and take all that on and be your punching bag. It's not about that. It's it's actually like we can take distance if we need to from our parents, you know, but it's being able to look at the truth of how our life comes to us. Our life comes to us through our mother and father. It can't come to us through anyone else. And we need to understand that our parents are bigger than we are and they can carry their own burdens. So if our our parents have anger issues, if they have grief, if they are toxic, um, if they have unmet needs, whatever those things are, if we bow to our parents, we are saying, this is for you to carry. You're big. I'm little. I'm just putting myself in the river of life so that I can receive life force. I can receive belonging. I can receive love. I can receive prosperity. I can receive the essential energies that come from source down the family line through you to me. But I can't carry the bigger burdens that are yours to to shoulder. Wow, that is that's amazing. I my family, we do honor our our parents and we have them around quite a bit. But my kids have been um, complaining that we don't have rituals and traditions mm. based on that or like you know really honoring that. And mm. so I I'm gonna um, implement some right now and and see how that how we can really because um, it, it is it's really important I think not just and and how what do you say about dyslexia like it's what if it's not like our parents but still they're honoring in our life you know they're maybe teachers or their godparents or neighbors or um, somehow um, important uh, you know adults important uh, mentors how do we do we honor them in the same way well it's not the same way because it's not as deep but we do honor them we can bow to them with respect and you know, when I say bow and I talk about the ritual of bowing, that is a ritual that we do a lot in this particular kind of work. Like we actually physically bow, but, but the, the word bow can also be a, um, sorry, was there a, a problem with the audio? No. Well, my, um, I keep getting notifications and, um, and I haven't turned those off and I really don't know how. So um, I'm just laughing at myself that I'm that I can't turn it off right now and it's dinging okay. in my ear. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm sorry to uh, I won't make a face. I'm just trying to I'm just slapping myself for not having turned that off and I don't know how. Do you know how? Do you know how? I don't know. It depends what kind of computer you're on and what notifications and everything. If they're Chrome or computer ones or. <laughs> there it goes again. Can you hear that? No. Okay. Good. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was bothering you, but if you can't hear it, we're good. No, I can't hear it. Okay, I'll take that off. Uh-huh. Um, so with so I was ta- I was talking about bowing, and it may just be hard for your for Leo to edit it or whoever was yeah. whoever edited it. So yeah, so talk about traditions about maybe men- how to how to bowing you're saying you know physically to bow like even to mentors or to parents but how um how does that how is that involved with like daily living can we bow without bowing yeah so that's what i was going to say so it can be symbolic too so what is an act of honoring what's an act of acknowledging so really acknowledging not only the presence of our mentors or our elders in our life but also acknowledging how that they've impacted us. So the impact that they've had on us is, you know, very healing. It's very bonding. It's really um, putting things in their proper order and helping everyone to feel their value in the system. So how does one, so if you're just doing acknowledgement and it's not a bow, um, is it just just actually word of acknowledgement or how does one create that honor? It could be a quick note, right? Just a, a note that you send to them. It could be um, 
putting something of them on your mantle or if you have an altar on your altar, it could be just acknowledging them when you're with them saying, you know, you were the first person that told me I could do that. And I wanted you to know how much that meant to me, you know? So, yeah. And if there's someone in our life that we love who suffered, we can tell them in honor of what you went through, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to do something special in honor of you and in honor of what you went through. And that can help them feel like, um, what they went through isn't in vain. It's not causing more suffering down the line for you and your children, but it's actually creating something positive moving forward. That is very interesting. So if yeah. someone has a family with a homosexual uh, kid, um, mm-hmm. and so they are, how do they, how does, if a parent is having trouble assimilating or accepting their child, but they're ready to acknowledge energetically perhaps, or, or just they're starting the, the process of acknowledgement. How, how it, do they have to do it to the person? Can they do it just generally and like in a prayer or, you know what I mean? Like how did, how can they start that? I, I had this conversation, you know, that they're not, there's, there's a break in the family mm-hmm. um, because of something like that. Not just that, you know, maybe there's an abusive person and they don't want to, and they, there's this break where yeah. they, you know, you're abusive. So you have to stay over here or you're, you know, whatever the, you know, the, um, something that they're shaming this person for, mm-hmm. but then they're like, okay, I, I love you again, or I want to start, start accepting you again into the family. How does that, um, how does that, what's the beginning steps for that? Yeah, well, it's real different for abuse versus if someone's homosexual or someone has a lifestyle choice you don't agree with or that kind of thing, Right. So if you're a parent, yeah, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah, for like religion or. Yeah. So not going to church anymore. And then the parents do go to church. That's very common right now. Uh So how do you, how do you do this again? Sorry. Yeah. Well, really it is the parent's job to kind of work things out, you know, work out their ability to. So it starts with them, correct? It really does. Yeah. You know, okay. I just want to confirm that I'm, I, I feel that on my side too. And like, that's, but I just wanted to confirm with you as a therapist, knowing that and just going through that with people, it is prevalent in our society at the moment. So how do we create love and kindness through this painful, but doesn't need to be painful type of situation? I mean, that is just with, with differences of opinions, but like, if someone is abusive, I totally agree. Or if they've, that's very, very different. Mm-hmm. And, um, but in the case of just having different opinions, even, even political opinions, people are like entire families are like split. It's like, mm-hmm. what? or um, yeah. So to bring that together, the parent needs to begin the healing process. It's what I've seen as phenomena. What I've seen is that the, Children can love their parent unconditionally, but they can't, the parent just has innately has more power in the family system because parents are big and children are small. Parents came into the system first and they're larger than their children, which actually brings me to the third phenomena that I wanted to share today or the third natural law, or we call them orders. which has to do with reciprocity. And so typically in relationships, we see there's a sacred reciprocity, right? Where you and I are friends, Ruth, you give something to me, I need to give something back to you. And on and on we go like that, giving to one another and it creates a healthy flow. It it increases our bond, our trust, all of that. Well, in family systems, parents are giving so much to their children Children can't possibly give back to their parents what's been given to them. So the way reciprocity works in family systems is that parents give to their children, children take, and then those children grow up and give to their children. I see. And then their children grow up and give to the next generation. And so 
that's how we see reciprocity flowing properly in the family system dynamic. And inherent in that is this understanding that parents are big and children are small. And so what we see is that life force flows to us from source like a river flows down a mountain because every ancestor is larger than their children, right? So it creates this mountain. And so it's like life force is flowing from source down that mountain through our parents to us and to our children. And so when we are talking about things like where the parent isn't accepting the children, parents need to be able to be big enough to carry what's theirs, to carry their own prejudices, to carry their own healing work that they have to do without putting that on the children. And we see that the terminology that we use in this work in family and systemic constellation therapy is that um, our elders are always greater than us. Our ancestors are always greater than us. And so if you think of the word great, meaning big, you know, they were able to give birth to us. We couldn't give birth to ourselves. They're bigger than us. They're greater than us. But we and our children will take the line further than it's ever gone before. And in that way, we become great, too. Okay. So these children that are maybe homosexual or exploring gender non-binary stuff or are exploring stepping out of religions or everything, we need to understand that's part of them taking the line into a new horizon, into more evolution, into a new future. And so there really needs to be, you know, a, a respect for for both positions, the elders position and the children's position. Right. Yeah. So if the, um, I, I, I really get that. And I, I like how the, the mountain is created by the bigger and then it comes down um, and respecting both sides, but starting with the parent. It's, it's what I've seen, you know, um, if ju- if there's judgment, if there's um, unkindness, if there's a lack of love, it's going to affect the children. And the children can't really do anything to change their parents. So if there's going to be healing in that relationship, the parent needs to really step into their role of, of doing that. Well, these are amazing. So the first three, which I can imagine, um, the ne- the next two are really good too. So the order of belonging, the order of precedence, and then is it called the order of reciprocity? Yeah, it's called like the orders of love, or what these phenomena or natural laws are called. And so the first one is the first order is belonging, the second order is precedence, and the third order is reciprocity. Nice. Okay. Yeah. And and when those are when those are in place, you'll find love flows naturally when you feel that your parents are bigger than you. You know, think about children whose parents are confiding in them and who they are. Their parents aren't able to pay the mortgage or they're having affairs and telling the kids about it and getting them all, you know, involved in stuff. Totally dysfunctional, totally harmful for the children. So change that and see parents who are self-responsible, keeping their private matters to themselves. They're getting their own therapy work. They're getting their own support systems to deal with their personal stuff. Um, Then the children are free to just be children, you know, and they can move along healthy developmental lines until they're grown up and then do the same for the next generation. So what we see is when these these orders are in place, that love tends to flow effortlessly. People tend to feel healthy, um, you know, similar, I guess, to how you were talking about like walking and stuff. And I imagine how the skeletal system and the muscular system, when that structure is properly in place, it supports the health of, health of the system and that 
energy through the meridians and the blood flow, all of that. Exactly. It's interesting because, uh, yeah, I would, I would call it alignment. Mm, love that. You know, if you have alignment like that, and then you have alignment through the natural laws and natural orders, you know, you're going to be really powerful and flow really well and communicate really well and influence really effectively. And um, it's interesting because the blocks of money, you know, money coming to us as an energy um, or it's stopped by, it can be stopped by any of these. And also our relationship with God, like that can also be stopped by any of these steps that are not in not in line not aligned not flowing well and so we can feel stuck and kind of like our we don't know our purpose or we don't feel deserving if some of these are blocked and i think that what you just mentioned this really helps me because i can pinpoint several people who um, have explained one of these three not being in line and and then their body won't heal and like simple injuries, you know, an elbow injury, a neck injury, but that it, it's chronic after a while. And, you know, they've tried everything with the Western medicine style of um, helping the body, which is amazing, but sometimes it misses the point or it miss, misses the mark. Mm-hmm. And then the person is left with, um, you know, how to support, how to heal. And I think these are amazing. Like they can really help people. Um, maybe understand like um, self-study and say, oh, wait, maybe that would be better if I, if I, um, you know, didn't tell my kids all my problems, maybe we'd have a better relationship or they would feel stronger. Maybe if I could, um, you know, whatever it is. So there's a lot of ways that we can get in line with these orders and also your body, like learning to walk. If you go to a physical therapist or personal trainer or someone who can teach you that, Um, There's gait therapists that teach you how to just have your, you know, heel to toe. Um, And there's some of us that that don't, that's a very basic example, but it's it's a huge example because we all walk, most, you know, 99% of us walk every day. And um, if we're lucky enough, right, Mm -hmm. um, to walk, to be able to walk. And the, um, it's very important. So it's interesting how these basics, of being a human are very challenging you know they're very challenging and I I wish a lot of this was in kindergarten you know or grade school at least we learned how to like I was you know at a at like a southwest flight you 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 um, line up you know what number are you you know it always feels like I'm in kindergarten like a, oh you're number 22 okay I'm, I'm number 23 so I'm behind you it's very <laughs> simple but it it makes life flow easier and so that's another simple example, but it's really important. So I love these orders, Lexi, very amazing. Anything else you want to share with us today? Um, just, you know, I know these are really deep, you know, concepts and deep things to work with. And I'm saying them like, you know, it's a, um, yeah, just a, a quick thing. And it can come out like, um kind of like a judgmental morality thing. Um, And it's really not. And um, so I invite, you know, any listeners, if they've heard something that is triggering, you know, about parents being big and children being small or, you know, those kinds of things to definitely to reach out to me, happy to talk to anyone about it, help them kind of understand how it may or may not apply to them. Um, well said. And, and also just to, you know, kind of an invitation for everyone to take what you've heard today and see how it can be helpful for your life. And if it doesn't feel helpful, just let it drop away. Because like I said, these are kind of deeper concepts. And if we were working together or, you know, we were all together in a workshop, we could, I could show and point out, things that would enable you to see it, see this kind of stuff in action. Um, And so because we're not able to do that, we're just having a short conversation. If anything feels like a moral judgment to just let it, you know, that's not helpful, just kind of let it disappear from your mind. Um, But hopefully you can like connect with the truth of the way some of these might be moving in your 
your own system and in your own life. No, well said. I mean, these, these are deep concepts and they're, we don't, I wish we had more open conversations as a society where we could, um, I like how, uh, uh, Crocodile Dundee says to talk to your mates. <laughs> long ago, but if I'm sure some of you have never seen that, but there's it's just a cute, you know, just to talk to our friends. And sometimes it's not, uh, it's it's a it's not a safe space. So I, I wish, I wish that we had more safe spaces in our in our friendships and in our families to have deep discussions. But that's why we're here, Lexi, because. Um, it's not easy. And these things can trigger a lot of, uh, you know, like, Oh, um, a lot of things in a lot of us. And, um, I too am here to support and, and, um, so how do we get a hold of you if they do want to, uh, communicate with you or learn more or find out more how to work with you? How do they do that? So you can come to my website, lexisulios.com or my Instagram account, which is at lexi.sulios. Okay, great. Now, we're going to have all of these in our show notes. Could you spell Lexi Sulios for people if they can't get to the show notes, please? Sure. So Lexi is L-E-X-I, and Sulios is soul, so S-O-U-L, and then I-O-S, S-O-U-L-I-O-S. Perfect, perfect. I have um, one more question for our short conversation today, and that is, can we do this again? Will you meet me again? (laughs) Yes, <laughs> absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah. Yeah. I so respect you. And, you know, I could see the impacts of you. You were working with people at the conference that we were at and everyone was raving about your work. And, you know, I could see the impact you were having on them. So it's yeah, it's an honor to be able to connect with you here and um, have this kind of a conversation together. Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying that, Lexi. And also, um I feel like we've unpacked about one of many, many boxes that we could talk about, uh, and it's so fascinating. I'd like to see how we can help more people and talk about more things that are really interesting that people may not have ever considered. So it's just an honor to have you here, and um, I can't wait to have you here again. Mm, Thank you so much, Ruth. Same. So glad to be here. Yes. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to Your Body Advocate with Ruth Cummings. We're so glad you've joined us today and truly believe you can live a pain-free, passion-filled life. To connect with Ruth, work with Ruth, or to grab your free ebook, go to ruthcummings.com. We'd love to hear from you. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss our next episode. Until next time, friends, be open, include the unincluded, think outside the box, and spread love and kindness one smile at a time.